Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, 
He may be one of the only ventriloquists working on Broadway today. Welcome Jagged Little Pill star Derek Klenna to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Hey everyone, my guest today is Derek Klenna. His Broadway credits include, uh, right now, literally seconds ago, he came off stage, woke up and came here, Jagged Little Pill, Anastasia, The Bridges of Madison County, and a little show called Wicked. On television, he's been on The Code, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Quantico, Blue Bloods, and Law & Order SVU, to name a few. He can be heard on more cast recordings than I have time to share right now. It would take our whole interview. Um, I'm so excited to have Derek here and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm a big so, fan. I'm a so big this fan. Is, this is awesome. This is really awesome for me because often I see a show and then many weeks go by before the the actor comes in. Right. You're so fresh. We are fresh. We are so fresh. fresh you're off so the boat. Yeah. yeah. And you know, <laughs> Uh, Catherine Gallagher is a good friend and she uh-huh. was on the show and, and when we were talking off mic, I was like, what's the community like? Like, how is it, how is this family off stage? And she's like, it's like the greatest company I've ever been a part of. Like he is my brother. She is my sister. It's yeah. just true family. It's, it's, re- it's a really great group. And we have, um, you know, we did our out of town at, in Cambridge last year yeah. at the ART and, that um, is in uh, Boston, not yes. England, for people listening across the yes, pond. But they will Cambridge. be there too. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jack a little pill across the globe. Yes, um, global domination. So, exactly. That's our goal. <laughs> of course. Um, no. So we have we have a lot of the same cast that that we had there. So it's it's been a um, it's been a long but super rewarding journey, and uh, yeah, it can it can be a, a better building to be in. So if you are my age, which you are not, but if you are my <laughs> age, Alanis's record was like the way Rent is for musical theater lovers, like the gateway into, oh, my God, there's a show where everyone is represented and it's so cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And her album for me was mm-hmm. so like driving or on a plane going through a breakup. That's what was, I think, on my Walkman at yes. the time. <laughs> um, maybe. Maybe iPod. I'm unclear about what know. was going on. So. Probably not an iPod. No, yeah. Um, and so I sat watching your incredible musical with a whole history already attached to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting next to someone who was 20, and that wasn't music that he was super familiar with. So he was watching a show, and like this was the this was the music that yeah. went with the show whereas for me my entire life was kind of brought into that theater with me um were you familiar wait let me back up so if you're unfamiliar jagged little pill is a musical on broadway directed by diane paulis Derek Klenna, who's sitting across from me is one of its stars diablo cody wrote the book and alanis morissette's gorgeous album jagged little pill has been adapted for the stage mm-hmm. and that's what we're talking about sorry quick Wrap up. Quick, Quick review. Yeah. <laughs> Quick review. In a um, nutshell. Were you familiar with this music before you started working on the show? I was. I, I'm an early 90s baby, um, but I was old enough to hear Alanis's music on the radio. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether it was ironic or hand in my pocket or 
uh, you ought to know. I, I mean, they were all kind of streaming on the radio as I was growing up, and I was a Southern California kid, so I spent a lot, many hours in the car. Yes. And I do have distinct memories of you know driving my, my, my mom either from school back to home or to the beach or something, and, and hearing these iconic songs uh, on the radio. But it wasn't really until working on this project that I realized that they're all f- mainly from the same album, Crazy. which is which was, yeah. was mind blowing to me to see them all in one place and be like. Holy crap! That's yeah. like that's all. In and one how day. old was she when she? Do you remember when she, she made this album? She was nineteen when she wrote it. Um, and it's it, next year will be the twenty fifth anniversary of the album, which is um, bizarre. She's she's a bit of a genius, um, and especially in this original story that Diablo Cody has has masterfully written. Um, you just kind of get like a new understanding for these songs and the lyrics and. Um, and to hear them all broken down in the story, you just it just reiterates Alanis' genius and these themes that ring true today um, that she put so boldly and wholeheartedly out of yeah. the world 25 years ago. And that crazy. her experience and her story uh, is able to be fed into or kind of weaved into a narrative that mm-hmm. was not the story she was writing specifically right. 25 years ago. It was her stuff. It was her diary being recorded and put to music, right? Um, These are all things that she totally has always um, been a strong supporter of. All the themes that we touch on in the show obviously have... um, Alanis has has dropped into her music along the way, but um, it's kind of the culmination of all of her messages. Have you been a part of uh, the show from the beginning, like early readings? Yeah, I've been a part of it for uh, a little over two and a half years now since the first New York reading, uh, maybe first ever official reading of the show. Um, So I've definitely been around for many different um, versions of Nick. Like years now? Yeah. I mean, they they first, um, one of our lead producers, uh, Vivek, and Tom Kitt, who arranged mm-hmm. all of Alanis' music, had approached Alanis eight years ago about with the idea to bring this album and her music to the stage. And so it's been in development off and on for eight years. Um, I think Diablo Cody came on a couple years after that, and then Diane Paulus, and they slowly constructed this team. And we've been working on the show in the room, doing readings and workshops for the past two and a half, three years. So... It's uh, it's been a process as as all musicals are, but we finally opened a little over two weeks ago, and it's been crazy on the crazy Broadway. Ride. Yep, it's 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 so good. Yeah. It's so funny. I've told people this before, but when I was pregnant with my daughter, uh, and she is now sixteen years old, which is so crazy, I was like, you know what? I really want to learn how to play piano. I had played as a kid, and I was like, before I go, I didn't know what having a kid would mean. I feel like I thought it meant like I was going underground, like I'd never right. be out again, and like whatever I hadn't done, if I didn't do it right now, it was never going to happen. And as it turns out, people who are considering having kids, not only was it not going <laughs> underground, it was like the opening up of worlds I could have never, like, yeah, yes, sure. totally. It was so, like, I was like because then when you're the kid what they're into becomes like something you're oh, into your also life. so yeah. I'm like oh my god I'm getting into all of these different things but I was like I gotta just make sure I play a little bit more piano before I have Georgia and my friend was like oh I know this great guy his name is Tom Kitt you should take lessons with, no <laughs> with Tom way. and when I think back to like me like wait wait what's a C chord again like literally like it would be like 
having, you know, Alex Lackamore come in and teach you. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. ridiculous. And he was so sweet to me. And that I felt so like funny. I should name He's my daughter best. Tom is really what I should have done because <laughs> he was the last person I saw. I, not implying that Tom is her daughter. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes, of course. I, <laughs> yeah. Her now dad is that out very the much her dad. But just he was like my last creative collaboration. And he was like, yeah, it's this Nick Hornby book. It's like High, high Fidelity. I was like, Hornsby? Nick Hornsby? I don't know. High Fidelity was another show he right. had early on, with I Amanda think, with Green. Amanda Green. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, it makes me really happy that my piano teacher did good. Yeah. He did great. Got on to, got yes. on to great things. And you are sitting here because of Tom Kitt. I am. In a I, way. I love Tom Kitt. I've known Tom for a long time and gotten... Um, Thankfully, you've gotten to work on uh, a few of his musicals now. Um, but the work that he's done on this show and, and how he's kind of transformed Alanis's music um, has been has been really cool to watch. It's seamless, and and I feel like like what he did with American Idiot is some of my favorite or- like orchestration. Have you seen that? Um, there's a documentary about the making of that I show. No, it's like I, yeah. my favorite thing. Oh, it's 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 one of my favorite. Uh, theater records that, that's come out but yeah i wouldn't even call it that because it's, it's it's a rock record yeah. i feel like that's this is this is tom's wheelhouse yes and, and, what and that's what you guys are show. doing yeah. yes and your album is out and people are like devouring it it's yeah, so exciting I'm, 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 I'm so glad we're super proud of it we had a l- the whole listening party uh like a few weeks before opening can you really listen cool. to yourself you know i have so many actors <laughs> coming you know adam driver just walked out of you know, um, yeah. Terry Gross's interview because she played back like a second of him singing from Company. Oh, and he was like, nope. He was like, I'm out. Uh, I can't do How it. How can you be um, non-critical when you listen to um, yourself? Yeah, especially this album. Um, the, the song that I, my solo song on the show is, is perfect. Um and that is a song that's very personal to Alanis that I know um, that she entrusted you with. In this yeah, way. and it's and, you know there's a responsibility that we have with the show to honor her and her music and the themes that we tell. So that was kind of a huge. Um, I was I was super grateful to to have the opportunity to record that, but I was definitely like, oh god, I don't want to hear myself back. Was she? And there? I know Tom and them did an amazing job of with course. it. Of course, and, and but and no mistakes would ever a lot of nerves of it. hearing yourself yeah. back and knowing that this beloved album that we transformed is going to live on. Was she there in the, world. Like in the you studio? Said, Twenty year olds. I mean, this is they're what learning they it know. now. Like yeah. you said, like the album's almost twenty five years old. And they're going to actually listen to that, and maybe not even oh, the gosh. original, right? Like no, if you think they about have it, to. they have. Well, to. tell them. And, to. and Alanis has even said, like, she's such a fan of Tom's yes. arrangements that she's now touring, and she's doing like a twenty fifth anniversary tour of the the album. And and we just saw her at the Apollo the other day. She was saying it's hard to not sing the new arrangements That's because so cool. they're so catchy and cool and she's like oh, I'm jealous like I wish I she's like I'm going to integrate some of the stuff yes. from Jacket Lip Hill the musical into my show and vice versa and um, so that's been really cool to watch as well how proud she is of the show and, and the work that Tom did and, and the work that we all were able to do on the album when did you first have to sing in front of her was she part of the you didn't audition for this no I actually I got asked to do a um, a 29 hour 
reading like one does in developing yes. a musical. Here's one dollar, um, and we're going to take yeah. some blood and exactly. 29 hours of um, your life. And I was like, and they liked me for the role, so I was able to kind of stay on through the process, which is kind of the dream. Yeah. Um, to not have to audition. Everything <laughs> should be like that. Are, I know. Who gets it? Horrible. From they auditions? never get Nobody. better. Nobody. No. No. Um, so that was that was really cool, and yeah. So I've. I've had the ownership of Nick now for about three years, which is you are crazy. Nick, and Nick is I am you. Nick, yeah. So when you're doing the 29 hour reading, are Diablo and Alanis <clears throat> there? Yeah, uh, Alanis wasn't able to be there for the first reading that we did, but she was able to be there for the following workshop. And and um, and, you know, this is this is material that's so near and dear to uh-huh. her heart, and um, you know, a, a lot she poured a lot of her heart into this. So I think it was um Did she talk to you about the song? Did you ever get to kind of go, You're giving me perfect. I'm gonna sing it. Is there anything you want me to know? Yeah, a little bit. She you know she's been she's been involved but hasn't she's given us the freedom to kind of find that for ourselves and because like it's a play and you're yeah, going to find and, your character and, and I am not playing Alanis you know we're not playing Alanis we're playing bits and pieces of her messages and her themes right. so it, you know the way that we choose to interpret that and the way that Diablo has has written that into the story is not going to be that personal right. you know it's it's not going to be as personal so she's been very supportive and, and gracious and and has given us so much positive reinforcement and, right. and um which has meant a lot because it can be intimidating to be singing these songs in, in front of their creator and, and want to do it justice. Um, I know, be it Sondheim or Aladdin. Uh, yeah, it's like, exactly. It's, it's it's heady. Just like the rock Sondheim. Yes, she um, totally is. So but she she's been super supportive and and of what we're doing and uh before the ART production, we had we had a chance where she was around and I was able to have like a one-on-one conversation with her. And she's just one of those people that's so engaging. Um, when she's listening to you, she's listening so hard. It's almost like she's like looking into your soul <laughs> in a way. It's like, like it's, a, it's a presence, you know. Yeah. She's, she is like, there's like an aura about her um, that's super powerful. Um, but she's been the most supportive and, and the coolest of the process and so smart. Um Everything that she says, we're all just like scrupling down because it's, it's gold. There's um, a sage and a prophet in the room with you. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's um, it's so different than the Broadway shows you've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the shows you're in from Anastasia to Fiero, you've gotten to do these amazing, really different kinds yeah. of parts. Bridges of yeah. Madison County, um, working with Elizabeth Stanley, working with... Kelly O'Hara, like all of yeah. these beautiful maternal um, actresses that mm-hmm. I know and love. And then thinking and about. Mary on Carrie. Uh, the, the I mean, angel person, person. who yeah. we miss every second mm-hmm. of every day. Um, and then directors like Joe Mantello and Diane Paulus. I mean, yeah. the different kinds of voices. Let's even just start with that. I, I know, Joe, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about working with Joe and working with Diane and sort of ways in which I would imagine they're very different kinds of directors. Yeah, very different. I've, um, I've uh, I, mean, I worked with Bart Scher too. And, and Joe and, was Dogfight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joe, Dogfight and Wicked. Um, and uh, 
we went into Wicked, uh, Lindsay Mendez, who I also did Dogfight yes, with, we yes. went into Wicked the same time, and that's the that best. was around the 10th anniversary yes. production, so we got to work with Joe on the he material, and, and all the creatives came back, so that was really, that was a very cool experience, and that was my Broadway debut, and uh, it was also the first Broadway show that I ever saw, which was kind of a crazy, like, full circle That moment. is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Did you audition for that? Show. I did. I did have to audition for that. And um, you got it. Yeah, I did. I did. Because, well, it was it was a bit of a, a set-up audition. Okay. So we were, and I'll, I'll go back and talk yes. about the whole dogfight experience with Joe, because that is what kind of changed my life. Um, but, and Ben, Jim, I mean, the whole team. For yeah, that, that show. team was insane. But in fact, the, I think Ben Platt, in talking to him, that's how he originally met those guys. I think yeah, he, he was auditioned auditioning for, for dogfight. a role, and they were like, you're not quite right for this, but... And he was like, we yeah, write yeah, a show for you. sure you so, do. <laughs> you know, that, that and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take that, exactly. I guess. Well, it worked out. They meant it. Uh, yeah. How they, many times no. do people say, like, no, 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 it's just not the right time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dear Evan Hansen, it would be the uh, right yeah. time. And you will be Evan you- Hansen. <laughs> Exactly. But you don't know that yet. Right now you're sad because you're not in dogfight. I know. But trust me, that role's going to be so much better. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Dogfight's kind of amazing, too. No, I know. But he was was up for Bernstein, which was like a secondary character in dogfight. True true that. they, They wrote a show that the show was called... His character's name. Ben Platt. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Dear Ben, ben Platt. Ben Platt. Totally. Is. So Dear you read for Dogfight and got it. I did. That one, I I, I had a... Um, I'll talk about Dogfight and then I'll go over Yes. Um, I had been in the city for about three months working on Carrie, um, which was, my, was the reason I came out to New York in the first place. I was a junior at UCLA. I... Had sent in a tape for the last lab that they had of Carrie. How um, are you even knowing when you're in college? Uh, I that had this an agent in LA, and I was doing some regional theater around the LA area while I was at UCLA. Did you have um, an agent as a kid? Like, were you a kid actor doing um, professional I did. work? I I didn't have an agent. I had a manager off and on growing up. Um, my mom was very a very avid reader of. Uh, was she a momager? Backstage West. Um, a, Ish. yeah, a bit. Yeah. We, I mean, we, I have two younger siblings. I have a younger sister who's two years younger than me. And then my brother is a senior in college. He's seven years younger than me. Um, we were the clinic kids, uh-huh. coined the clinic kids. Um, so we, we did the various talent show tours. We did a ton of like, um, community theater and children's theater growing up. So we were involved from a very young age, um, a, a friend of my mom's had started a a singing class and a singing and dance class for kids that we got involved in when we were like four and five. So she and was shepherding you around, all three of you. Yeah, around she was a lover of time. the arts. And yeah, she had always she loved it growing up. And I have cousins on my dad's side that um, also are very musically talented. So we were surrounded by it, but I wouldn't say, you know, my parents weren't. Involved in that. She really, wasn't my mom, singing my Rose's mom. turn at any yeah, point. It exactly. wasn't like that. But she loved it, and you were talented. Yeah, and which, you guys yeah. Loved she, it. she realized that we had a good ear for music, and we loved to do it. So she got us involved, and and from then on, from about six to when I was graduated high school at six, uh, 16, 17, um, I did two two children's theater shows a year with Met Two in Southern California. Um, and you grew up in in Southern California in okay. West Covina. 
which is now the birthplace of, of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. If so you ever watched that your TV town show. is on the map now. Uh, yeah, that is, that, is the map, that is the town that Thank I grew you, up Rachel in. Thank you, Rachel Bloom. I know, exactly. Shedding light on, on yes. the hidden gem of West Covina, California. Yes. A lot of talent came out of there, apparently. Yeah, yeah, the San Gabriel Valley. Um, <laughs> Go <laughs> so San the, Gabriel. The, the pride of the San Gabriel Valley. Yes. Were you a public school kid? I was a public school kid. So are you doing yeah. shows in school also? Um. Or more, re- more community yeah. theater stuff. Most mostly community theater stuff. I was. I also played a lot of sports growing up, so I was in school or just yeah in okay. in school and in leagues. My dad. I mean, I tell the story all the time. There was like my dad used to coach my. Luckily, used to coach a lot of my baseball teams growing up, and there was like a specific instance where I was pitching in a game, and I had to like, I was pulled out of the game as uh, in like the fourth inning, so I could make my eight o'clock curtain of. Of sound and music at like a dinner theater, so, so are that you was a like common occurrence in the Broadway show league. Do they fight over you or? I, it was a well, like been? it started. Um, it started Bridges of Madison County. We had a league that I I was like a co-manager of. We're looking forward to the Jagged Little Pill team. Yes. Um, but yeah, it has been a a fun experience getting to play in multiple leagues over yeah. the past few years. Um, it gets rather competitive. Yes. But um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So you had like a physical so, outlet. Yes. Kind of yeah. Like, and my dad was, a, you know, he was like, "All right, now go. Mom's gonna pick you up in the car and take you to the the show." And right. That was that was happening a lot. And it worked. And, yeah, and they were both supportive, and I was lucky that he, he did that. And, and when you were to... growing up, I mean, every everyone's story is different, but often mm-hmm. like kids on sports teams who were then running to be in a show, and that maybe it's less relevant now. Maybe people understand because of the internet, because of shows that have kind of broken through to popular culture, mm-hmm. um, that it's not so much like baseball players getting made fun of when they leave to go be in the show, or right. teammates, you know, in High School Musical, thematically, it was <laughs> a big deal when... Right, Troy well, well, that was left the basketball around. game yeah, to I be was, in the show. Were yeah. you Troy Bolton? I I, I, I did multiple <laughs> productions of High School Musical. Well, it's out. the it best is, show ever, so I, know, I don't I know. understand anyone who wouldn't do many productions um, of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was my. It, I did have a very High School Musical lifestyle. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of theater in in high school because I was so consumed by baseball. But I was able to do it outside. Right. Um, and yeah, I was I was a very Troy Boltony yeah. kid. Yeah. And that was that that movie musical came out when I was in high school, so it was very relevant. And there were times where it was awkward and I felt embarrassed to be running off and doing theater. But were you doing musicals or plays? Yeah. yeah musicals. Always musicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started in When 16. did you and you you said you had a sister and a brother. Yeah. And are they both great singers also? They are, yeah. They're, they're would you performers. sing together all the time? We would. My mom uh, <laughs> would would encourage it and and force us to often. Uh-huh. Um, like relatives would be over, and she'd be like, "Guys, do oh, you we would prepare. We'd prepare numbers for holiday gatherings. Oh yeah, we had like a little show mini tunes, concerts or are or... you writing your own lyrics to no, like, we, honor people in the family? We definitely did covers. Okay, we definitely did covers. What um, were some of the greatest Klena hits? Oh, man, anything you can do, I can do better. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, put a little love in your heart. Great. We made a trio for the local talent show, and that was a hit. That was a Klena kids staple. Um, <laughs> gosh, what else did we do? We will I find. Mean, I'm we'll, sure we did we'll so long for a while. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're floating around. Okay, People. so every party ended with you guys 
uh, sing there was a time where yeah, it would, it would be that point in the evening where we'd gather around the couch and. <laughs> my mom's Oh my god! No joke. She would. She. Would, we would bring like karaoke tracks. I mean, we were prepared. She was into it. Yeah, we were. And you yeah, were into we were all, it. We were all into it. We. Uh, are your yeah, siblings? Yeah, we were a traveling band. Are your siblings interested in doing it professionally? Also. Yeah, my my sister not so much anymore. Um, although she still dances and and uh, performs. Now and then, but yeah. my brother is actually going to school for it. He's okay. a he's a senior currently at Cal State Fullerton and he's majoring in theater, and he's getting his BFA. And it's I think exciting. he's uh, yeah. I mean, if uh, the the road may eventually lead him out to New York, which he may be on your fun. couch any day. I now, know exactly. And we'll see. Oh, so yeah. you mentioned arm. earlier that. You were in your third year of school, mm-hmm. and you sent in. It, we we got slightly sidetracked, but not yes. at all with the momager <clears throat> and the backstage and the sending in your tape. Yeah, and Carrie happened before you finished school. Yes, so I left during my junior year. Um, I I did the I got I sent in the tape, flew out for, to New York for callbacks. And for you the have last an agent lab. now. I and did have an agent up. when I was in when I was in college. Um, and I is came this out a to big New York. decision, like, will I leave school oh, if I get huge. it? So yeah. I did the two-week lab in New York, and then I flew back and had finals of my sophomore year, and then I got the offer for the off-Broadway production during the summer between my sophomore and junior year, and that's when I kind of had to make the decision. Am I right. going to take a quarter off to, to, to pursue do an this and show. do this? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was a set run, so I knew the, the time frame it would cover. So I did. I did my fall quarter at school and then took the winter quarter off. And then as... We were heading into the last month of the Carrie run. I got an audition for Dogfight in New York um, for the off-Broadway production, the second stage. And I had never been in for the music, mm-hmm. the musical. Prior to that, I hadn't done any development of it. Um, right. I was familiar with Bench and Justin's music um, from um, some of their stuff that I saw on YouTube that yep. they'd written in college. Yes. And, you know, this was before they were, you know, passing yeah, and Paul. Greatest showman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This was their first New York show, Dog No, but if you and look at that on YouTube, like their early days, it's so exciting to see their oh, friendship yeah. and collaboration, like even college days, how that all totally. kind of happened for them. Oh, all yeah. right, so you get this audition. So I get this audition. I go in and, and kind of blind the whole thing. I had just seen Joe Mantello in Normal Heart on Broadway, and there he was, like, so beautiful. going to be yep. directing this show. So I was a little shook when I saw him in the audition room because yeah. I was like, I've just, I just saw you, yeah, you be just like made the best me actor cry. ever and now you're going to be directing me. Yeah. Um, and I was still, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, new to the city, kind of, I was, I, I think it was a blessing that I was so naive to mm-hmm. the magnitude of, of what I was kind of getting myself into. Um, but I, I loved the music. Um, Joe, as you know, he's just the, the most warm, caring person he cares so deeply he's so smart and so smart meticulous but he has because he is such a fantastic actor himself and he understands the psychology of it all um there's kind of a the way he approaches an audition room um i'll never forget because you know i was new to this i hadn't been auditioning a whole lot Mm -hmm. this was kind of one of my first big new york auditions and and um he 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 greeted me at the door. He asked if I had any questions. He um that was a big thing for him is like setting like a comfortable room because right, like he, being he, a warm host. Yeah, yeah. And he, he said before he, he hated the the process of auditioning. He hates that. You know, it's it's inevitable and it's something that's necessary to mm-hmm. 
to put on a show, but he hated the process, so he did everything he could to make it as comfortable as possible. And me being 20 years old appreciated that. Yes. And, and it, um, it, it and felt thought, amazing. Is it always going to gonna be like this? I know. Uh, no, no, it is no, not. No, yeah. not always. But yeah. so he was, he was definitely special. So I went in for that. I had like three callbacks for that. Um, and I ended up, I was one of the, one of the first people to be cast for the show. Um, and then you have to decide. I mean, I know what the decision was, it, but the process, yeah. how do you go? Well, the I guess coolest thing this. was that I, I got to read with some of the roses, uh-huh. um, because they hadn't cast, uh, Rose yet, Lindsay Lindsay Mendez's character. So I actually got to sit in for like a lot of the final callbacks wow. for these characters and, and got to read with some of the girls and um and that experience was so probably one of the most educational experiences I've ever had. Like Getting what to pops watch in your friends head and people that I know come now. into a room. Yeah. Who you didn't know then. Who, well I or even that you I did. did know some of them then even. Yeah. Um and to watch the way they auditioned. And then to watch them exit, like, most of them were incredible, but I did see some people that I was like, oh, no, that's like... No, you were great. Oh, Why yeah, are you, you're not being great? yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I realized then that there's more... The audition starts right when you walk through the door. <sighs> the way... The, yeah. How comfortable you are... I just got a are, stomach ache. Just even... Oh, it's, oh, it's the most nauseating. <laughs> it's the worst process in the world, but it was so <laughs> educational for yeah. me to see that, to know... You can tell right away when someone's being their sel- themselves or they're they're putting on something, mm-hmm. and that will depict immediately how this audition is going to go. Right. If someone walks into a room with a certain air about them and a confidence of just being themselves and bringing themselves to a room, they they see so many people in a day that that's so refreshing, and the honesty in that rings true always. Right. And that will only make your audition better and set you up for success rather than coming into a room with like a prepared thing and like, yep. this is where I'm going to do this. Um, but it's so hard. They want to see you react to the room and be comfortable. And when you are reading for something that feels really far away from who you yeah, are yeah. and, you know, or the character has an accent or it's like a scene that you're about to do where you've like just murdered every, you know, it's like the Charles Manson story right. and you're yeah. trying to figure out, but, but you, yet you still have to kind of do what you're doing, yeah. which is you, you, seem like someone we people. want to work with. I exactly. know, but it's really hard because I'm like, but wait, I'm about to like well, that, check I mean, out a gun and like, it's so yeah. hard to, to negotiate what you're talking about, mm-hmm. especially when it's a really emotional thing and you're trying to keep it you've prepared and you've done all this stuff and yeah. then Bernie tells he's like how are you today and you're like can we do that after yeah I don't know yet I don't know yet. ask me in five minutes exactly. <laughs> you just really want to yeah, like get over the singing part exactly that is so true I guess there are Ugh. special circumstances no, where you're like I kind of just need to stay in it right now no but um, you also then you don't want them to think you're a lunatic like you want them to know like during breaks you're going to be a pleasure to be around and it's just all totally a lot to negotiate so, there's so much to it yeah um, However, no, you're totally right. you're that totally day, right. well, we're both right. Like, it's yeah. all true. And yeah. that's why it's all so mysterious how people get jobs. It's all oh, yeah. so mysterious. There's so many circumstances like, that go yeah. into it that you don't realize when you're doing it yourself. That, yeah. that And seeing it from that perspective was so educational and, and getting to read with these people um, and getting to read with Lindsay, for Did instance. Did you know her like, before that? No, I didn't. Um, I, I had seen her in Godspell, and um, I 
I'm a huge fan of Ryan Scott Oliver and a lot of his music, and she sang a lot of Ryan Scott Oliver yeah. music early on. Um, so I was oh a fan God, of her. her and, and Oh, yeah, yeah. she's insane. She's yeah. like vocal magician, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, Is that why she's a magician? Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, I, think I feel that, better now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that out in the world now that yes. Lindsay Mendez she's is a Houdini magician. She's the Houdini of <laughs> yeah, exactly. vocals. There's no explaining it. Um, so, yeah, I got to read with her and, and be a part of that. Um, process which was super educational and getting to work with Benj Justin that early on Peter Dushan our book writer who did an amazing job adapting it to the stage um, I didn't know what I didn't know at that point mm-hmm. and Joe let me know that but in the it, way that he can in, in the way that he can he, he, he there is Lindsay and I have talked about this before how the two weeks Joe's process so like we started vaguely kind of just putting the scenes up on their feet and and scripts in hand kind of yeah exactly and he was like let's yes. just see where it goes yeah. he was like you guys just read through it and like if you feel like you should go over here here's the counter he kind of vaguely set up like the diner where rose and, and eddie meet and he's like all right we're, we're just gonna kind of go into it and like see what happens and then we do the scene and he'd be like okay i'm gonna make a few adjustments and y- you go here and, and we'll just do it again so we ran it like a few times like one weekend um and he was like he would often end rehearsal like an hour early and be like i think that's i think that's enough for today i think we're good and so Lindsay like, and i were like <laughs> well, Lindsay and i were like man we're killing it <laughs> we're like he's not even really like adjusting that no. much like we're doing this no, he's actually recasting really yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly so joe wasn't really tweaking our performances so much early on and we felt really good about it and then about three weeks in we kind of stumble through blocking a lot of the show and then we go back and we start running the first scene again. And I get maybe one line into the scene and Joe's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, what are you saying right now? And then I, was, I think I was asking for like a cup of coffee or something from like the mom. And she was like, he's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. Let's, let's do it again. And so I was like, oh, no. I was like, what did I do? This whole time I thought I, like, had it all figured out. And then Joe just started, like, meticulously breaking it down for us. And re- and it, it, it I I hadn't – I'd grown up with, with formal training and singing, but I hadn't gotten, like, formal acting training. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have someone kind of break me down to, to, the, to the studs and then – and then build us back up like that. And we walked out of that that day being like, we're horrible actors. We don't know what we're doing. And that, but there was like a, there was a method to the madness, and Joe knew that. And um, it was a process that kind of changed my life and made me look at professional acting differently, mm-hmm. and um, and how to approach scene work, how to approach original characters, because that's another thing growing up that you can't really teach is is the development of a show and development of characters. Right. We grew up with these cast albums and these iconic characters and people that we obviously look up to, but you rarely get a chance to be yourself and bring yourself to a role yeah. and find that balance between honoring the material and this character that you're trying to create for the first time and also staying true to yourself. And so that was kind of a thing that I was finding with like, I was trying to, act like Eddie instead mm-hmm. of just being Derek doing the scene work and, and possessing the characteristics that Eddie Birdlace had and, right. and had been written. So there was like a different 
thing. It really, it really uh, kind of changed my perspective and, and and scared you. It sounds like it, it scared me, but in the best way. Um, because then after that, after we had finally gotten that thing or like accomplished the scene that we'd been working on for weeks, and Joe was like, "That was it." Like, there's a sense of accomplishment yeah. there. It's like the, these shows that we're building, they're like puzzles, and you keep trying to fit the pieces in place. And and that was like the first time that we put it up on their feet. So there was a lot of mix and matching and figuring out what scene work works with what, and a right. lot of cutting songs and adding songs and moving songs. And um, so to finally get that approval from someone that I respected and respect, um, who's also such an incredible actor, that gave me the confidence to kind of be like this is this is where you belong this is what i love to do um working with people in this in this environment in theater it's why it's such a unique and like fulfilling medium is um to kind of try to figure out this puzzle with a group of people and then when it clicks into place there's kind of no better feeling than being yeah. like, we did it. Yeah. We solved the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it's never quite solved, but we got there. We, we kind of see the big picture night. now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll never really forget that process. And uh, and Lindsay Mendez and I um, formed such a strong friendship in that show. And then we went on to do Wicked together after that. And, so that um, must have been amazing. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Oh, like I said before, I, Lindsay had worked with Stephen Schwartz before on Godspell, so right. she, she had kind of like a, a sing through audition, like she sing through a lot of the material um, before they had given her the green light that like, yeah, you're gonna go into this, and um, and we a lot of the creative team on Dogfight were the same team that worked mm -hmm. on Wicked. So that was um that was the connection there. I hadn't ever worked with Stephen Schwartz before and um they wanted to see me do some of the material and like I said I was young and new to the city and this was going to be my Broadway debut. So right. I had a, a quite a formal audition for the role. I got the Fiero packet with um you know a couple of the Fiero scenes I sang Dancing Through Life and As Long As You're Mine. I um for Stephen Stephen Remus the uh the musical supervisor on the show and Lisa, the um, assistant director, um, who was kind of running the ship at that point, and and for Stephen Schwartz, and so were you doing it on the stage that the show was? Uh, no, I think we were in, in a rehearsal. Rear. Okay, yeah, I think okay. we were. Uh, yeah, it was a standard audition. Been, okay. I was in the waiting room. I was yeah. sitting out there, and I went in <laughs> and read the scenes, yeah. and 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 then it was a week later. I, I, it went well. Um, a week later, Joe Mantella reached out to Lindsay and I, and he was like, Alphaba meet Fiero, Fiero meet Alphaba. Uh, like and via we, email? That was the via email? Text. Via text? And I still had, yeah, I like, yeah, I took a picture of the text because that was, that was a pretty screenshot worthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so then you call your mom. Yeah. Right? Who's been a part of this dream and yeah, passion. Yeah, actually, I think I sent her a, a screenshot of that message. And yeah. like, what's that moment like? We both kind of freaked out. I mean, there was um, – I had had the opportunity to to originate these roles in both Carrie and Dogfight. So that was – Already. Well, I mean, we were already huge Wicked fans. I mean, who, yes. who wasn't? It was the 10th anniversary. Yes. Um, first show you'd seen. First show I'd seen. It was It's this huge, magical show, and I was going to be – and Fiero was kind of a – dream role of mine, I guess, growing up listening mm -hmm. to the soundtrack and everything. Huge Norbert Leo Butts fan. Yeah, the best. Who isn't? The best. Um, 
So that was a role that I always wanted to play and look up, looked up to and saw the Pantages tours of. And so it, it was kind of crazy. My whole family kind of freaked out. And um, But getting to replace is a lot different than originating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably the 40th or 50th Fiero at that point that yeah. had gone into a production yeah. of Wicked throughout the world. And, and people listening to the album over the years and seeing productions of it have their favorite Fieros mm-hmm. and, the, and already like a predetermined way of how the lines should be read or and they're or very um, and they're very judgmental. Yeah, ex- I was going to say protective. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a polite, <laughs> more polite word. But um, they they definitely have their favorites and they'll let you know what their favorites are. The wicked, the wicked fan base is is a strong and mighty one. Rabbit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Rabbit exactly. Do you remember? So, um, like the moment of your debut, like walking oh, yeah. from off stage to on stage. It was a like... blur. I think. Did you and Lindsay start together, or yeah. were you put? So you were put in at the same time. Yeah. So you got to rehearse together. Yes, which is another privilege because oftentimes, if you're replacing or going into a show, you go in solo, and yeah, so you're kind of get. Manager. You don't really have anybody to play off. Who of. was the Galinda? Uh, Katie Rose Clark. Okay. Who, uh, we're still very good friends with today. Uh, and then Ali Mozzie came in for the second half of, uh, of the contract. Um, but it was a, it was a great theater and a great time to be in the show. Um, but yeah, so the first night that Lindsay and I went on was a blur. I remember doing dancing through life and coming off and being like, what did that just, just happen? happen? <laughs> <laughs> like did I we? was like, did, did I say everything right? Did everything come out? And they're like, yeah, the sh- the ship is still sailing. Like we're still going. And also, it's so Jump weird because it's your debut, but like everyone else is like, we've been in this before. Yet. I like, know. We're literally Ten like, years in, there were like multiple people. They're like, smoking All right, cigarettes yeah, backstage. You did good, kid. Let's go, kid. Yes. Come on board. <laughs> um, How so long did you do the show for? I our contract was for nine months, but I was actually only part of it for six months because I had gotten cast in Bridges, Madison County. Mm-hmm. In the back, still the back not back at that. college yet, people. I know I'm still still not school. back. Yes, Chopa schools is yes. Um, <laughs> show puns. How many listeners are so happy right now? They're going <laughs> to yeah. literally rewind four times. If you want to do any in. more of that sentence, they'll be very happy. Yeah, just and the if you could sing it, tag. if you could sing it. Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll go viral. Noon. <laughs> oh man! What's in that cup that you're drinking? What is it? Oh, just water. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the secret elixir. Yeah, seriously. For during, eight during, a week. during the during the the winter months, That's water it. is your friend. Hydration and sleep. What are yeah. other friends? Uh, pre-show, eight shows a week of jagged little pill. We haven't even gotten to Anastasia. Um, yeah. What are what have you learned? You need to keep. I mean, this is rock singing. What you're yeah. like every show has been so different in terms of the kind of yeah. It's a very specific genre of music and a way of singing and, and stylistically, it's it's tough. I was I was raised um, not raised, uh, but taught at a young age how to sing classic musical theater and classical music. My my singing teacher grow, growing up made us sing multiple classical songs a year. So. Um, that is where my voice felt most comfortable. And then as I got into high school and shows like High Fidelity were being written and Next right. to Normal and, and American Idiot and Spring Awakening, um, you sl- I slowly had to learn how to sing a certain way. And it took time and I'm still kind of figuring it out. 
Really? It seems pretty figured out to me. I saw the show. Yeah, but it's it's, It's like um, you were. I do have like a softer tone. And like you always like, it took me a while to kind of embrace that and learn how to make the Derek pop rock sound Mm -hmm. instead of making like, you know, the The beautiful Broadway Jordan pop rock sound or the Aaron Tveit pop rock sound. You know, everybody. Also good pop rock sounds. Very good pop rock sounds. And, and, you know, why I was like, man, I want to sound like those guys. But, you know, it, I had to learn to embrace my own way of doing it. And do you yeah, work so, with a so, coach now? Yeah, I do. Joan Later. She's incredible. She saw the show last Find night. Find your actually. number. Take a bite of the apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Catherine Gallagher and I both go to her. And, and, and last do you night she came to see the show. actually know what she's talking about. I love her so much. Yeah. But so many times I'd be like, seven, four. 32? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's like, like put guess, a number to that place. Like, I don't know what you mean, uh, it, but it, I'm just going to make one up, and I then we're totally going to work on it. Do. I mean, I think that is one thing that I, I'm i proud of myself for, is I'm pretty aware of how my voice feels and where the where the sound is coming from, and I can feel the difference between singing something correctly and singing something poorly. And, right. And so I, I kind of latched on to those like placements and can figure out like when I was anchoring, when I was losing it, when I wasn't anchoring, how to anchor in like the back of my neck and the, like the upper part of like the back of my throat and anchor through my lats and like finding different places to kind of lock into place. Um, but she is such a like physiological teacher. (laughs) Like she dissects every part of your body and is like, if you can connect sound to that specific part of your mouth and that part of your neck and that part of your torso, you're like, then I like, will but try. Then, but then you do it and, and then you're it like, works. oh, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. So and I'm that's going to do let that. me do it eight shows a week. Exactly. That little hint. No, it totally is. We're, we're athletes at the end of the day. It's all about like conditioning your body and getting your place. Do yeah. you work out every day? Do you go to the gym every day? Oh, man. Um, I'm, I haven't been just because we just got the show up and like. Exhausted. Rarely have time to sleep. But that is. Like is many, that, it's going to be a part of my New Year's resolution to <laughs> go. go to the gym more often. Were you ever a gym rat? Do you like working out? I do. I mean, I grew up playing a lot of sports, so I was very active mm-hmm. uh, growing up. It's kind of, it was a part of like who lift, I am. Were you lifting weights as a um, young person? No, off and on, off and on I lifted. Um, I lifted a lot when I played, actually my freshman year at UCLA, I, was, I played baseball. Okay. And I was a part of like the the whole sports regimen there we worked out like you know twice a day and so i got i got like jock beefy then. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. jock weight um but then over the years like i haven't really worked out as much but well you play a swimmer now so you don't want to be like i know yeah it's, it's, for it's the all work. lean it's yes. lean muscle yes in fact you can't work out too much or it will look weird exactly exactly so it's a different type you just kind of have to learn with like with the type of roles that you're playing and yes. and, the, and the type of image that you're supposed to be portraying what you should look like. It would look weird if I was playing an 18-year-old and was, like, yoked. How <laughs> old are you? That's my excuse. Yes, that's it. Yeah. You are, in real life, you are. I am 28. You're 28 years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, so you did Anastasia when you were, like, 26 years old. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was saying, um, maybe on Instagram, like, you're, you have had crazy amazing parts and they're so different like you've really in a short time been able to kind of spread your wings in a lot of different ways um tell me a little bit about the the world of diane paulus i've never worked with her i admire her work so much we talked about joe um i've talked about bart share a lot on the show with 
with Kelly and Celia Keenan Bolger, and you know people have done yeah. straight plays and with Caitlin him in musicals. Caitlin, who played my oh my, my sister in Bridges Madison. County. Yes, I love She's Caitlin so much, and mm-hmm. and um, learned so much from her when she was sitting in the chair that you're in right now. She's yeah. been a real teacher for me and like a spirit guide. Her wisdom, also for a young person. Um, Emily Skaggs, there are a lot of younger women who've been on the show. Beanie Feldstein, whom like, are you, how do you know so much? Yeah, You're, so you have not and, been alive yeah. long enough to know all the things that you've just taught me. So <laughs> I'm so grateful to Caitlin, yeah. especially. Um, so Diane uh, has a reputation of being not just, obviously, she ran a theater, right? So she yeah. has the ability to take care of and make many people feel like they're good at what they do, which mm-hmm. is so much about running a company is um, yeah, it's setting an environment. It's setting like where everyone's a, like, "I'm going to do my best for you, and you make me feel like I can do my best." Right. If you can talk a little bit about what is she, what is her first day of rehearsal like when you're uh, in a Diane Paula show? What happens on the first day? I, it's she is so in. Um, Diane has such a way of of setting the room at ease. Um, She's so confident and loving, and that kind of exudes when she starts talking to a room. Um, is it maternal? Is it like more? Yeah, in a no, way, in a way, take no prisoners. Like, what's her kind of vibe? Yeah, I, um, I've worked with a lot of male directors, and I've worked with. Um, she's the second female director that I've had. Mm-hmm. I've worked with Kathleen Marshall, who's also very like maternal and very loving, yeah. and like there, there's a there's an energy that they give off, and um, and. Diane is definitely like she's she she knows how to run the ship. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, she brings everyone together, makes them feel loved, and like we're a family, which we are. Yeah. Um, like not like well, we you're feel. literally we a family. are a family. Yeah, yeah, and she brings us together that way, and and everyone has their piece to this puzzle, and and I love through this process in developing these characters. Um, I'll talk about Diablo Cody too in this um, how. There were so many times when figuring out who this Healy family was and and who all these characters were in these stories and how they worked together and how we were going to tell this complicated story um, effectively and and courageously, we would sit down at the table and we kind of hashed out the scenes and it was very open and collaborative the whole Mm. time. And I feel like that was a, a huge secret to the success of this show is how Diane constantly opened up that conversation to the cast, to the writers, to the choreographer, to to the music department. I mean, it was very in in the best way, like if you have an idea, if if you're thinking of something that's like what's on your mind, this is a free space for uh-huh. everybody to voice Everyone's what safe. that is. Right. And we can all decide together if that is gonna be constructive or destructive to what we're trying to to accomplish mm-hmm. and Diane was the is the best at like filtering through that allowing those allowing everybody to speak their minds and have that voice and then as a group figuring out what's going to work best to to achieve that common goal um which was super uh instrumental in this entire process because as as you know it's a it's a complicated uh, complicated web we're weaving and 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 difficult to execute and i feel like we wouldn't have gotten to this place if 
she hadn't have set that she didn't set that precedent early on right um and given us that support and that love and that nurturing um to to have this end, end result i would imagine when you know what they've done is sort of taken alanis's record and woven into it a story of one family that's sort of supposed to represent this idea of the perfect American family. There's Who one seemingly has everything figured right, out, yeah. right? Like the beautiful blonde mother and the you yeah. know the big house, and they live in Connecticut. And and you play like you know the all American jock, yeah, who, the trendy interracial family, right? They've adopted <laughs> a, a, like, a black daughter, yeah. and they all seem to really love each other and be thriving in all the ways and then they bring in you know subjects like rape and and same sex relationships mm-hmm. and um what it is to be in high school in America today and what it is to compete in the material materialistic landscape and drugs like every abuse, single thing assault, and abuse yeah. and um and being the person who commits a crime versus witnessing a crime and and how are we accountable and and what would we do? I mean, so much of what is so successful about this show is I think that it's a very non-judgmental mm-hmm. show. It sort of looks at the people who are witnessing things with kind of a, so what would you do in that situation question of the audience, right? right? right. Before you judge. Big self-reflection show. Yes, yeah. for everyone. And also, it's just the greatest songs <laughs> ever and everyone dances yeah. great and looks great and it's funny and oh, there yes. are moments of – um tremendous release where you get to laugh and and then it's incredibly emotional and so i'm wondering you know is the backstage life like hades town the women were here and they were like there's so much silliness that happens because otherwise yeah. we'd all kill ourselves like it's too much yeah, right yeah to go down under we need that release too yeah, yeah, yeah. so how do you got like like you know, Ben was saying in Dear Evan Hansen, they would have like crazy dance parties before, like right before. He wasn't like getting all upset in his dressing room. He was like, how can I release and have as much joy before I go on the Evan Hansen ride that's right. about to happen? Right. How do you guys sort of start off? Are you all in your own spaces before the show? Do you come together as a company? Yes. and Are there the yeah. grownups and the kids? Are there? I, I mean, think... It took us a little bit. It took us a couple weeks to figure out what you need, like mm-hmm. what you what you need to make to to do, to do the it. show and to set that muscle memory and to get your body in a place where you're like, at this point of the show, this is how you're feeling and this is what you're doing. At this point of the show, you have a break and yeah. you you're, you let your mind release a little bit. Yeah. At this point, you need to start getting ready for the next scene because you can't go on stage after just making a joke with the person that you're doing the scene with yeah. or else that's not going to be very yeah. fun for either of you yeah. <laughs> um, and rewarding for the audience to witness. Right. Um, like you brought up Catherine Gallagher earlier. Catherine and I have kind of become Tweedledee and Tweedledum <laughs> in our hallway at the theater and we uh, Lauren Patton's also in that hallway and um, – but Catherine and I kind of have characters that that intersect in the show and 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 have you were a great lot of, friends uh, then maybe not great friends maybe friends again right there's our a, our, our, our characters collide in the show multiple points so we were the biggest goofs we are the biggest goofs but we would goof around during rehearsals all the time and then we realized that. There were certain parts of the show where sh- we ha- also have dressing rooms right next to each other, which right. is not very helpful. No. But there were there are certain times of the show where either she closes her door or I close my door. 
we we as a com- as a company we we tap in with something we learn um, with an intimacy intimacy coach and getting mm-hmm. ready for the show because there's a lot of that's a whole intimate, new thing by the way yeah but it's important I yeah. feel like to have that trust and it kind of yes. allows you it's kind of like a trigger for your brain when you tap in like when you tap in with somebody you you go you stand across from the person that you're going to be interacting with. You take a deep breath together and then you clap your hands together. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like a trigger for your brain and just kind of set the precedent from here on out. I trust you. You trust me. We've checked in with each other. And whatever we do on that stage, there's a mutual trust there. Mm-hmm. And we are going to we're going to do that. And that kind of allows us to leave what we're doing off stage, off stage and commit to whatever we're doing on stage. So for goofs like Catherine and I going into act two where we have a lot of heavy, heavy material where you can't really be goofballs. Like our characters don't allow for that. We definitely tap in at the beginning of act two and be like, all right, we're going to leave all that off to the side. We'll joke after the show, but now we kind of need to go into our, into our corners corners. and get ready. Yeah. Um, There are times where some days it's easier than others to click into that place. Some days we can joke around and go right onto stage and find a way to like, you know, still settle into the scenes. But and we're still figuring out, figuring that out. We opened two weeks ago, and I don't think we'll really figure out our show for another few months. Right. Usually it takes over 100 shows for you to be like, all right, I kind of figured it is. out now. Yeah. So we're still kind of at that stage knowing what we need, but we're settling into those places where we're like, yeah, I can't see you for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Or else we're going to have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good problem to have. It means we like each other. But it's yes. it's a serious show with material that's very delicate and – we and you are to used to the material, and you have to also remember that for the audience, we're seeing it They're for the first, it the first time. time. Exactly. So we don't know who's going to be okay and who's not okay. And, you know, we're just on the ride with you. And so to not tip us off to anything beforehand yeah. in terms of your interactions with each other, that makes such sense. And there's such a delicate balance with a lot of the stuff we're dealing with in the show that if something is delivered, not on point or how we intended it can be interpreted in a completely different way um so that specificity is is really important especially in the show of like making sure you execute a scene the way you intend so that the way people comprehend that isn't skewed in any way you know um, it's so, funny yeah. you keep playing there's a, there's these characters who make really big mistakes, and then there's um, <laughs> typecast. Well, and then eventually figure it out. But but they yeah. get this moment of like rebirth, yeah, right? Like and a clarity moment. Yeah, and and there's forgiveness. There's a collective forgiveness in the community of each of the shows that you're in. Um, have you ever been in a show that hasn't been a hit? Are you like the hit maker? Oh like this is so crazy. No, I mean, Maybe you should stop after this one. This is ridiculous. It's been like one <laughs> slam dunk oh, after another. Yes, it's so kind. exciting. Um, it, they've they've all been very rewarding and and um, successful in their own right. I wouldn't say that like every single one was a critical hit necessarily. Do you or, read reviews? I try not to. Um, Have you ever had a bad review? That you know oh, of, yeah. so oh, what do yeah. you do? What do you do with that? Um, you take it with a grain of salt. Uh-huh. With one person's opinion. Yep. Um, Are you able to not? It doesn't shake you. Now, now I'm able to look at it like objectively and be like, "That's that person's opinion," and 
however they, they feel they're entitled to, right. to say however they My feel about it. My director and writers and are I happy. Can feel, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. I can feel a certain way about that review or, or mm-hmm. that person's interpretation of the show, and that's my opinion. Um, everyone's entitled to that. But so you do read them. I don't, I don't read them, but sometimes, like, you're kind of – if I hear enough about a certain review – and it's positive enough, then I'll be like, okay, I'll peek at it. Yes. If if it's a show, and, and they're not always this way, but if there's a show that you're working on where they choose to talk a lot about the cast, I'll try to avoid it. Mm-hmm. If there's a review that focuses on the development of a show and, and the writing of a show and the way the show is constructed, something that's less in my control, then I'm more inclined to read it. Right. But if there's something about an, an, an interpretation of a performance or an interpretation of actors in general, I try to avoid those because I don't want that to skew Your my view of my show that yeah. I've created and that the creative team wants in any way. You know, whether someone is for or against decisions we're making, that's not th- that's not the input that we are taking we're taking from the creative team and the people that have built this show right so that i try to avoid so there's a there's a fine line and and sometimes you can't really avoid it you have these opening parties and there are a lot of excited producers that are around mm-hmm. uh, you know you don't just have the head producers you have you know, everybody 50 to 100 other producers yes. that have all dedicated their time and money to, to making these shows happen and you know of, of course everyone has opinions it and they, they get down. excited yes. and there's trickle down and so you get that sometimes. where everyone's left the party yeah like, like, what, what happened out? i don't want to know i guess it's not um, as good as we thought yeah I, so th- there there's a fine line i try not to but every once in a while i'll be like oh, right, get I'll sucked see, in I'll see are you happening. on social media a fair amount of your life or are you i am off and on it's it's kind of a it's it's a medium that's kind of gotten important um, yeah. for, for what we do in the entertainment industry. So I try to stay present in some way. I, I There are times where I'm more present than others. Sometimes I'm like, I need a break. Or like, yeah, it's or like I'm just going to like gonna focus book, on maybe. this thing. And yeah. like, I'm not going to worry about posting or I'm not going to worry right. about this. Um, so I'm kind of getting into that point where like now the show's up and running. Now we're having more of a life. Mm-hmm. I'm also someone that like I – don't want my friends that grew up with me to see me posting about the show like every day. Yeah. So I'll be like, if that's my life for three months, then maybe I won't post as much because I'm doing the same thing yes. every single day. Yeah. Um. So I try to like be like, this is the other the other parts of my life that are interesting or like that I want to share with people that I like grew up with. Um. So there's a lot of like that, and I enjoy seeing what other people are up to and mm-hmm. staying connected in that way. Yeah. So I, under, I get Peeking the appeal of yeah. why, like, you know, I should post this or post that. But I'd say I, it's very, like, give and take for me. Every once in a while, I'll get more into it. But You myself. are one of the few actors I know who are not married to an actor. I'm not, no. Um, so congratulations on that. Thanks. That's not easy uh, <laughs> no. for her. Um, yeah. How How is that? It's um, we met in college, so we've, we've we've known each other now for ten years, and and how long have you been married? Uh, just over a year. So yeah, happy anniversary! Thank you, thanks. Uh, yeah, so it's it was difficult. It was difficult for a while to find that that balance, and for her to understand um, 
this this life. I think for both of us to understand what mm-hmm. this life was going to be, we kind of got shot out of a cannon. I left during my junior year, and she was still going to school. Right. She ended up graduating after her third year, so we only did about six to eight months long distance, and she now works in the fashion industry and, and got an internship out in New York and moved out soon after I did. So we were lucky to not be doing that long distance thing, but... But then you're we out of town doing jobs and yeah, right, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done out-of-town jobs every now and then. The first year that we were living together, I think I was out of town like eight months of mm-hmm. the year, which neither one of us really anticipated. But you she can't plan saw for that. what it is. Exactly. And we both learned we both together did. what was going to work for both of us. Um, lifestyle choices that we were going to have to make as a team to, to make sure that you know, we were happy. And, right, and, that the relationship know, that, is front and center also. Exactly, in that. So it, it took us a while. We're still figuring it out. There's there's a balance there. I still rarely see her because mm-hmm. I'm like doing my So she works night. during the day. Yeah, exactly. She gets off at like 6 or 7 and I have a show at 7 so or weekend, 8. So, so weekend well, that, at 11. That time. Yeah, 11 exactly. That time yeah. becomes valuable and we try to make the most of it. Um, but she's the most supportive and and loves the show. It, it helps and you're learning about the, the fashion world. Is that her? Yeah, yeah. She she's in buying and merchandising yeah. for international. Um, she's at Kate Spade. And um, yeah, I there are times where I'm like, man, I should really finish up my college degree so I can like think about doing your career. Because yeah. <laughs> there are parts of her career that are awesome. And I'm yeah. like, I would love to do it. But then there's other things that she does that I'm like, I would never be able to right. do that. You're um, in the office. Yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she works a lot on Excel and like with numbers. And I'm like, I don't know. Yep. I might. Yeah. I don't know about that. So but, I read your television credits. And yeah. one thing that I didn't read out loud, which I saw um, in trying to find out more about you, um, was an episode of Family Feud. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you were on. This did happen. That's yeah. a very hard thing to get on a game show. Uh, but you it did. Was. And win. And on you a game won. Show. We won so, five episodes. We retired champions. I'll just put this out there. We never lost. So what ha- so you were very good. I think uh to wed was one of your answers for one of the categories. Yeah. Speaking of of so recently funny. married. Um <laughs> how much money did you make? Oh man, as a family, I think we won 22,500 around there and then we split it five ways. So that was a nice chunk in the savings account girl. How up. old were you when you did that? I think I was 16. But it wasn't just your family, it was like cousins. It was like Yeah, a mixed it was the whole clan of family. Yeah, I had I think my 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 uncle, my dad's brother-in-law, my uh my parents, my cousin and How did it my get aunt? chosen were you like okay, who's going to really crush it? A family feud. I don't know. We kind of learned going into it. We 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 set early on just two people to do like the 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 tryout. Uh, no, the the ending portion because you have two family members that compete for like the the ten thousand or fifteen thousand. Okay. So at the first end. they audition. No, we auditioned together as a family. This group. Yeah. This company. We came together <laughs> as a family. And we're like, we want to do this. Who's in? <laughs> I think, and then we all. But how did you get on? Who even was we, like? We auditioned. We went to like a cattle call of families, and you stood online like American we, Idol style. We did, and, and we got there. invited back for like callbacks as a family. We did like test trial family really few exciting. rounds. Yeah, and I think we made a fool of ourselves enough that they were like, "We want we you. want the Clenas. <laughs> You're going to be clan. good TV, exactly." Well, that was but really we, exciting. We crushed it. You we did. Were awesome. You did, and I just have to say, in this is what my hundred and 
85th episode. Wow. You are the only one, little known Who's fact, been on any game family. show wow. that I know about. So thank you for that. It brought me so you much joy. Um, is there a little known fact about you that is not that you were on Family Feud that you can share? Um, little known fact. I, this is super random. I, growing up, I was a ventriloquist. <laughs> I had I had a a a little marionette or like a a dummy mm-hmm. Danny O'Day. Danny O'Day. Danny O'Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you name him or was that on the package? Did it I say Danny that, O'Day? I think doll? that was his his birth mm-hmm. his given birth name, name. Yeah. on his birth certificate. Yep. And I did a performance with Danny O'Day at the Covina Park Talent Show and also my elementary school growing up. I was I was really into it for a bit. Were you good? We had, we had a whole routine. We had a whole mm-hmm. bit. We had a whole stand up bit. Was it believable? Could you I think could so. You speak I mean I think it was without moving uh, your lips. Can you show me yeah, right now? I don't know if it's it's podcast friendly. Well here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna film you. No. Just talk without moving your lips. No, this is I said used to be a friend of a can't talk. This is this is cruel. And a unicorn is it. Can you sing perfect as Danny O'Day? As Danny. Well, okay, I'll pretend like here. Danny's here with me. Here's here's, here's Danny. Danny. Here's Danny. Okay. okay. Sometimes it's never quite enough. That's it. That's all we got. That was fantastic. Thank you. That's true. That's amazing. <laughs> this is the best day of this my is life. The worst day of mine. <laughs> I've unmasked Danny O'Day. Where is Danny? Oh, gosh. He might still be in my childhood bedroom. Are your parents still in the house you grew up in? Oh, yeah. My room Great. Is, is relatively So it is untouched. 100% possible that Danny O'Day could make a Broadway debut for some, like, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights Aid moment. No, because moment. who wants Who, who wants who that? puppets? Well, puppets Julie Taymor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Julie Taymor loves puppets. King Kong. I mean, yeah, it just depends, true, but I true. think having Broadway's leading man, uh, sure. Derek Klein, with, no. okay, anyway. I actually remember spending, I remember staying at my parents, or at my house, relatively recently, and like falling asleep and realizing that Danny O'Day's like sitting in the corner just staring at me, and I'm You're like. You're married now. All right. You're married now, aren't you? Yeah. There you are. I knew you'd come back. <laughs> They always do. Um, I am so honored <laughs> to have had you here today. Oh, thank you so much uh, for having me. Of all the little known facts, that'll be my favorite at least through Monday. Great. Great. <laughs> I'll ask the weekend. Is there anything before we say goodbye? Is there anything you'd like to say to the people? Um, come see Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Uh, we, we're finally open on Broadway, and it's been an incredible long journey, but we're really, really proud of the show and um, proud of the way people are being impacted by the show. Yeah, so, yeah. it's beautiful. Thank you for doing it. Thank it's you so really much. It's really wonderful, and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. everyone new episodes of little known facts drop every monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider
Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. Enjoy and I hope you like it. Thank you to John Zaytoon, who is the talent coordinator for this episode. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.